Welcome back to the Saturday edition of Walton Women's Basketball, the internet's only women's basketball draft-focused podcast. Today we're talking about J.C. Sheldon and other 2024 draft prospects on the rise, as well as prospects falling on our board through nearly two months of action. Walton Women's Basketball starts now. Welcome to Wallet. For the win! You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome, you want some basketball. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. My name is Hunter Cruz, I'm your Saturday host, covering the NBA draft and prospect scouting. I'm joined by co-host M. Adler and Lincoln Schaefer. M covers the WNBA with a focus on player development and the game within the game. Lincoln is our biomechanics guru and contributes to our WNBA draft coverage at the next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So on this episode, I want to open up talking about one of the best prospects so far this season in Ohio State's J.C. Sheldon. So far this year, she's averaging 19.1 points, 3.3 rebounds, 3.0 assists on 56-43-84 shooting splits. So for you, M., what have you seen from J.C. so far, and how does that compare to what you've seen in the past? It's like her junior year was extremely good. Yeah, so I think the easiest thing to say is just that she's back. Like, we're back. She is hitting threes, I think, at a... the Generally, the form and the timing and everything on that is still something that I'm not projecting for high volume at the W level, but it's enough that I think, you know, the sort of, like, Baseline adequate levels that we saw over the uh, her her prior years are now, oh, hey, there's a little more upside here. Um, you know, the mid-range shooting is what it is. It's never going to be a strength, but, you know, she's, she's back to getting to the rim, drawing fouls, finishing, all that kind of stuff. The playmaking is, you know, solid for a two-guard as it's always been. The defensive instincts, I think, are still there. I think there's still room for projection there um, in the ways that I was optimistic before. You know, it's hard for me to... I don't want to undersell her because like she's had 30 points in back-to-back-to-back games, one of which was against UCLA, which is one of the hardest uh, defenses to really do that against as a guard in the country, um, especially as a rim pressure guard. So, like she's just really good. She's really good. And it's really obvious how she's going to be a impact WNBA player. If you're an absolute idiot, you know, obviously a, uh, a guaranteed lottery pick. <coughs> yeah. JC's just been really good. I, uh, have enjoyed that she's confidently taking threes out of pick and roll and out of uh, dribble handoffs. She's shooting confidently against unders, which because of her uh, dynamic abilities getting to the rim, she's going to be seeing a lot of those unders. Uh, she's a really good cutter. She moves naturally without the ball. I, I like how she fills uh, after after releasing the ball on passes. She's gotten a, a lot of really good looks out of relocation by just she never stops moving. That's probably her biggest strength to me is that she just never stops. And a lot of that, you know, she's in that Ohio State press that is high pressure, high intensity. And um, she's been in that system for five years now. So that really um, 
their reward that constant movement defensively. And a lot of that has um, come over to her offensive game. She's uh, at career highs this season in scoring efficiency, three-point shooting, free throw rate, and points per minute, which, you know, that's what you want to see uh, from a senior guard who's probably too good for the Big Ten this year. And Ohio State's defense has quietly gotten better in the half court, even if even as its half court and transition offense have kind of fallen off a cliff thanks to this mismatched, a little bit mismatched personnel. Um, JC's just been a huge part of that. It defensively, I mean. And then for you, M, whenever we talk about JC Shelter, we've seen some people consider her a point guard. Can you explain that a little bit to where she can run two player actions, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's your lead guard at the next level, like projection wise? Yeah, I, I want to put this as gently as possible. If you see someone saying that she's a WNBA point guard, they're a hack. She's obviously not. Like, she doesn't run half court offense. She doesn't do high level playmaking. And that's fine. You know? she's tall enough at 5'10 that you don't really have to worry about her impact at the next level, in, at least in terms of height, as, you know, defending two guards. She can defend uh, point guards, I think. That's where I'm projecting her defensively. And, you know, questions of position are a little bit, probably a little overrated for the most part. But, you know, when it comes to whether or not you're running point, that one's pretty straightforward. Like you said, she can run the two-player actions. She's she's quite a good pick-and-roll and pick-and-pop pick and passer. She's good at sort of where you see the difference between someone who is obviously a two guard like JC and someone who is going to be a point guard like Charlie Sledger Walker is JC doesn't, she doesn't do a lot of consistent manipulation of your second level defenders. You know, the, the drop defender, the hedge defender, whatever, she doesn't manipulate them in order to open up passes. She's just good at taking advantage of when they get out of position. So, you know, you, you can't just consistently rely on the defense getting out of position to make passes and to make plays. But if you have a point guard and you're not the point guard and you can do that, that's positive value-added passing for your position. So besides JC, who is one other prospect that you guys have seen that has just really rose for you? Or maybe not even if they just rose, but they really like helped from what you saw in the season's past. I'll give it to you, Lincoln. Uh, I'm going to take it back to Charisma Osborne, who is also having a career year shooting. She's still playing um, really solid defense. She's uh, she's taking a little less usage. It's, it's a lot of the same things that we've talked about before this season with Charisma Osborne. It's one of those things where we were looking for the same things to uh, keep holding through the, the um, less impressive parts of their non-conference schedule. And she's continued to look solid through a few better games. She's shooting 46% from three on six attempts per game right now, which is, uh, that's, that's really impressive for someone who's had some concerns about her shooting. Yeah. And I think for me, the thing with Charisma Osborne is there's a lot of players in this class who, you know, I'm just sort of like, you know, I've seen this before. Nothing really new appears to be popping up. So I'm just going to check in in a couple months and see what their three-point shooting is. And Chris Osborne is firmly in that bracket. You know, I'll check back in in February if the three-point shooting is above 40%. And that's a very interesting question. If it's not, then all right, I know what we're doing here. Yeah, which is fair. Lincoln, you said you saw something different with her three-point mechanics this year? Um, I think that there's 
it's just like a little slight hand tweak just in uh, the position of her hands at release um, on the way up. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it could definitely be attributable to just getting healthy finally, hmm. uh, having less shoulder issues, which I, I want everyone in the country to be healthy. Healthy. Can we stop doing the injuries? They suck. Um, but charisma, just like, keeping her shoulders intact is going to be uh, hugely beneficial for her shooting. I think. <laughs> and two other prospects that I think have really rose. We talked about them last week, but Alyssa Peely, Camila Cardoso, those are probably two of the ones that have really helped themselves the most for me. We came to the year having Cardoso in the 20s. Right now, we're more so, but she's definitely rose, like a big, a big instrumental uh, jump from there. And then Alyssa Peely. Alyssa Peely's position for us right now at Utah is extremely difficult to actually place a ranking on. Well, her position at Utah is center. I'm saying like no, I on know. our board. Yeah, on our I'm, board. It's really I'm tough being to, a like, goof. I'm being a goof. It's really tough to actually put her in a spot right now. Uh, she's been shooting the ball. She can do a lot of different things on offense. She's an elite driver. What does she do on defense? We'll see. Do you think – so? So the double da- so the rest in peace to the double down WNBA podcast. They had a very good sort of three tier way of thinking about defensive players who are not good. That I like Hunter on a scale for Alyssa Peely of can't, won't, and doesn't know how. Where do you put her in terms of defending fives? In terms of defending fours? For fives, she can't. Um, what's the, what's the other scale? What's the other can't won't and doesn't know how for fours. I would just say doesn't know how I feel like she's always defending fives. I don't, like you mentioned, she hasn't really played a ton. Her her matchup was technically Chloe Kitts. Technically. Yes. Well, well, technically they, they had Jenna Johnson on Camilla Cardoso. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the matchup, right? It's just hard based on how they want to, quote-unquote, defend. Right. So after the break, we'll talk about some 2024 draft prospects falling on our board. But first, here's a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you can get to define how, how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill a brief questionnaire to get matched with licensed therapists and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. The season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to, to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. Let's get back into our conversation on 2024 WBA draft prospects. But first, uh, I want to inform you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right. So for you, for you guys, who is one prospect that has really fallen for you so far? Lincoln and I are just going to do a stare off until one of us takes over. Fine. I'll start. Um, honestly, we weren't high on Angel Reese to begin with, but a lot of where we kept her in the team in the teens was, you know, there's still some hope for a jump shot improving and there's enough sort of raw athleticism and ability here that, you know, if that comes along even a little bit, there's sort of an outsized impact on her ability as a player. Uh, that hasn't happened. She is the same player that she was before. And that's a really, really great college player. That is not actually a WNBA player in almost any sense of the word. Um, well, I still have her on my board. I've dropped her a solid four spots, maybe, even as I've taken off like a half dozen random guards who just haven't made any improvements to their game. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any faith that that finishing angle is going to improve. I don't actually have any faith that, that jumper is ever going to become anything even usable in a WNBA context. It's it's She's going to get the crap blocked out of her with how long it takes her to get that thing up and out. Um, defense in space isn't any better. The finishing isn't any better. She's just doing the Andre Drummond thing again with her to inflate her rebounds. It's disappointing. I want her to be better. She's she's such a fun player. Just not it's not there. You know, this segment of the pod is is a lot less fun than the first part. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> uh, for me. I think the answer is going to be a, a guard who has kind of who made our board because of injuries last year. Uh, and it's going to be Nika Mule. It's the, the defensive playmaking isn't quite at the same level. And um, the ball has been taken out of her hands rightfully because Paige Beckers is back, but that really just kind of neuters her offensive impact. She's best when she can kind of set up the offense and run the offense, but she hasn't really improved off the ball. She's still, a really low volume shooter. The percentages look fine, but the the volume is a problem. And if you're just not a threat to score inside the arc at all, that's that's also going to be a, a problem if you are going to be a WNBA player. It's there's there's still something there, but I I don't think that I'm quite as high as I was at the beginning of the season. The most concerning part to me is it's shown that she's not exactly a very um there's just not a lot of scalability here and there's not yeah. a lot of port there, there, there's not a role portability here like you know at least in terms of the in terms of the per game averages at least you know this is what we want to see in terms of shooting she's um you know she's increased her three point i shouldn't say increased her three point numbers but she's at least holding steady at a at a fine if not great three uh three times from three per game she's hitting them well uh, again i mean it's still a small sample size but it's just the the level of aggressiveness that you can see. It just isn't there in a way we wanted it. And in a way that you especially need out of an off-ball guard. You know, off the ball, you're not there to be passive. That's that's not a thing that adds really any value to a team. And, you know, again, from the college perspective, she's obviously a valuable player for UConn with how good she is at that secondary passing, at least, and how it, she's shooting the ball currently. But again, when we're trying to see, the, see this at the next level, that's just not, there are traits that you need that we were hoping would allow her to really become a decent enough offensive player. 
to help that defense play up. And, you know, in addition to not seeing those traits, those traits, which should, which should especially be obvious off the ball, or at least be encouraged off the ball. I, it feels like her defense is also taking a step back. Yeah. And, and one of the connecting threads in uh, UConn's losses this year is Nico Meal's three point numbers are really low in those games against NC state. She didn't attempt a single three uh, against UCLA. She was one for three and against Texas, she only took one three. So if she's not being aggressive, it's just causing problems for UConn's offense. So that's just going to be a, a problem if she's not able to take more than four to five shots a game or if she's just not willing to take more than four or five shots a game. Especially as her assist number, her assist percentage is way down from last year and her turnover rate is yeah. still is still that astronomically high. Yeah. And what you said about the aggressiveness point, that's one thing I've really been focused on changing. So a few years back, I was extremely high on Veronica Burton as like a really high level lottery prospect. But the problem with that was that she she just hasn't been aggressive at the next level. So whatever she I She had a forty five percent rim rate at Northwestern. That was not an unreasonable thing to say that she would be aggressive. Right. But whenever you notice that in college prospects, noticing some of what we're seeing, the problem with her right now. We're seeing with Elena Buena Vida overseas in Spain. We're seeing yeah. with Nika Mule. It's really tough because if a player is not aggressive in college, like Veronica Burton was, if they're not even to that point in college, it gets really tough to project them to be a rotation WNBA guard unless that's just outlier development at some point, just outlier, outlier trade development you see from her. Yeah, and if you want to actually connect this back to the series we were doing over the summer, like this is one of the things that has, I think, remained very true throughout WNBA history, just in terms of scouting, at least, is the fact that, you know, you look at Ticha uh, Panciano, she obviously is one of the least efficient scorers in WNBA history. And she also did not attempt a lot of scoring much throughout her WNBA career. But she's also super aggressive at Old Dominion. And at the W, she was basically aggressive enough, you know, she, especially with her free throw attempt rate, but she was aggressive enough to make defenses respect her, whether or not they should have is a different question. But, you know, she was so much more aggressive at Old Dominion and took so many more attempts. This is a thing. You know, there's a certain baseline here that you have to be able to demonstrate a willingness and an ability to attack when the openings present themselves that at the WNBA level, you're still able to fill gaps and make defenses respect you. And if you're not doing that at the college level, uh which brings us to our next prospect, Celeste Taylor. All right, so after the break, we'll talk about Celeste Taylor and a few more 2024 draft prospects. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up 25 times by winning this basketball season. You can select two or more players, pick more or less on the projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can pick your combo projections across football and basketball from the special league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combos of three-pointers made plus receptions. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy that, so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you had a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this basketball season. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code 
Locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code locked on NBA for a match up to $100. And we're back. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, one more prospect uh, that we'll get to is Celeste Taylor at Ohio State. She transferred in from Duke. She was also playing at Texas earlier in her collegiate career. So far this season, she has taken a significant step back from a statistical standpoint, but also on the court. Her defense hasn't been as great, in my opinion, as we saw at Duke. But her counting stats, she's averaging 7.9 points, 3.5 assists, which is a career high, 4.8 rebounds. But she's also shooting 34% from the field, 24% from three, and 58% from the free throw line, which is a career low as well. For you, M. What have you seen from Celeste, and do you have any hope that there is improvement that can be had here at the next level, if if at all? Right. So with Celeste, it was always about, sort of in a similar but different way from Nika, it was always about getting the offense to a good enough level where the defense can be put on the court. Because her defense is obviously, at least has been, excellent. Um, again, not quite the same level this year, but you can really easily chalk that up to scheme and chalk that up to what is an Ohio State lineup that still has, let's say, two players who project to be good defenders, one player who is a terrible defender, and one player who is not that good also, and also Celeste Taylor. So it's different personnel. It's a very different scheme, and it just doesn't have the normal level of backline rotations help and, you know, doesn't let her be the same kind of help defender she's been, yada, 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 whatever. It translates, we think. It's not that concerning. The offense is worse than it was at Duke, right? So the she's always had a really great-looking mid-range pull-up shot. It's not hitting at all this year. It hasn't hit well enough in the past, but it at least looked like it could project, at least in terms of the form. It's not great. She has had the thing that I've talked about before with different players about how on, you know, those pull-up mid-range shots, the shoulders don't square. They're still moving on sort of like the on sort of like the y-axis. And I think that's probably a death knell for most players. If you can't get that square, you probably never can get that square. And I don't think we've ever seen any player actually overcome that to be a good mid-range shooter in the pros. So that's still not fixed. So I'm not great on that. The three-point shooting, like you said. It had been sort of decent enough at times at Duke. The form had had certainly appeared to have improved since her time at Texas. Uh, it's not hitting this year. And just overall, the passing isn't there. She's, I, I don't want to assume, but it feels like she's at least getting to the rim a little more often than she did at Duke, but it's just not hitting there either. The finishing, like, again, the finishing's been really bad throughout basically her entire time, and it's just not there either at uh, Ohio State. It's just basically all the things we were hoping for. She's really in that category that I've mentioned a couple times. I've mentioned on this pod, I've mentioned on a couple other pods. There were a bunch of players that we had who were basically like, hey, here's like half a dozen, 10, like very interesting guards and wings. And like, if any of them improve at like one or two skills, then like, this is a really interesting, like, like actually good WNBA prospect. And she is one of the basically all of those players other than maybe Charisma Osborne, who just haven't hit on any of the things we hope for. And unfortunately, may have taken a step back in some of the things that we would hope, that we were hoping were actually signs of continued improvement. Yeah, she's a 46% finisher in the half court. 
so far this year. Oh, I'm boy. pretty sure her raw numbers, if you look at it from like you can include her transition as well, she's at like 75% or something crazy. Like I think it's just the the, the transition opportunity she gets in Ohio State system really don't compare to what she can do in the half court, which has been rough so far this year. No, she's actually only shooting overall about 53% at the rim, which is mm. lower than it was last year at Duke. And that number was at last year at Duke was the first time she'd ever really approached a decent finishing number. So uh, it's, it's bad. Her, her rim rate, I think is also, uh, again, it's, it's just pretty consistent with how it's been overall. The three, the three point, um, uh, the percent of her shots she's taking from three is down, which is weird in this system. It's just not great. Yeah. And it, there's always been questions about Celeste's offense. And, um, you know, you can be a mediocre to good guard defender and put up ridiculous defensive playmaking numbers in Ohio State's system. So it's it's a little bit – it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Not the start to the season you're looking for there. We're just sad. That, that's it's what it it's is. very sad. This part sucks. Yeah. All right. So thanks for being Lawson's basketball, your first listen every day. Join the team back next week for continued coverage of women's basketball as a whole. Make sure your second listen is locked on sports today. The first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone.